I'm clearance level six. I know that Agent Coulson was killed in action before the Battle of New York. Got the full report. Welcome to level seven. Sorry, that corner was really dark and I couldn't help myself. I think there's a bulb out. What's up, guys? We are live with uh, episode three of Pause for Popcorn. Finally. Uh, had some microphone problems, so we had to restart the stream. Uh, this week's episode is a Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. special. Um, so basically what that means is we're going to talk solely about this awesome TV show. Uh, the first part of this episode is going to be um, as vague yet detailed as possible as we can be uh, without, <laughs> without spoiling anything. Uh, and then at some point we're going to have to dive into spoilers so we can talk about uh, the latest season that just wrapped up a couple weeks ago. Uh, the future, uh, it's got renewed for season five, so we're going to speculate on what we think's coming there. Yes. Um, but basically I, what I want this to be is I want this to be two things. Uh, just a whole Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. love fest. I just want us to fanboy all over this thing. <laughs> Um, and I also want it, to, I want to try and sell some people who maybe, um, you know, didn't make it through what, what was, uh, I think most of us would agree a rough first season. And I don't blame, I don't blame people for bailing. Uh, some of those early episodes were not good. 
Uh, but I, yeah. I want to I tell them what they're missing because, oh, man, are they missing stuff. <laughs> we all do. Yeah. Uh, so with me tonight, I got Dio and Kevin. Uh, what's Hi. up, guys? How are you? Hello. Doing Holy well. <laughs> um, Very well. That's good. That's good. So have you guys been with uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. since day one? Did you watch the premiere? Or did, were you a latecomer? I have watched every single episode the week that it released. Not all of them live, some of them the day after. I don't think any longer than two days after. Um, and yeah, I've been there since day one. So I'm a big Marvel fan. I've never missed any Marvel anything since Iron Man happened. Uh, and I'm going to stick with it for as long as it goes on, every single thing they make. I think it was the same. Uh, it was... When it started airing, I think it was the same time that uh, various comic shows started airing. So I wanted a new show to, to watch. I believe uh, at the time House ended. And I needed a new show, so I chose Shield. Yeah, I think Arrow's on season five or four now. I think Arrow started around the same time. I, know, I remember seeing the two of them compared a lot, even, which is. I haven't watched Arrow. They, they seem like totally different shows to me. Um, but the show isn't about Arrow, the show's about Asia's a Shield. Yeah. So, I guess let's start. Um, Dio, why don't you tell me what you like most about the show, without getting too detailed yet. Like, what keeps you coming back week after week? Is it the uh, characters? Is it the action? Is it the universe? I mean, we could safe to say that it's not because of the tie-ins to the MCU anymore. That's uh, pretty oh, much yeah. gone out the window. What, what do you love about the show? Like, to before I say what really interests me, I think, like you said, uh... Uh, how do you say that? Uh, the tie-ins to the movies, I would even argue that they are the weakest points of the show mm -hmm. most of the time. I mean, without spoilers, it was one of the highest points in season one, but as the show went on, it was probably the weakest points of it, I, I'd argue. But if I were to really think, um, I really love the characters. I mean, Coulson was the the anchor to most i believe at the beginning and as the show went on you start to really know the characters and really start to love uh more of them or even uh how do you say uh not care about ghosts anymore i really all know sky yes stuff like that yeah and it's it's crazy because early on in the show at least i felt especially in season one um the characters I mean, I, I know it's a new show, and the actors are still finding, you know, their, yeah. themselves, and the script and the writers are still finding themselves. But the characters were just very shallow. You know, Sky was the hacker, and May was the badass, tough one, and the, like they, 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 they there's just nothing to them. And I know it takes time, but I think it took a little bit water, longer than they wanted to really develop and dive into those characters because they didn't, they didn't get moments in the first season. Every episode was so procedural and so focused on moving the plot forward and the tie-ins with the movies. Um, none of the characters are really given room to breathe and grow, and I think that's something they've learned a lot in the last few seasons. And funnily enough, uh, because of the actors, the writers, uh, finding themselves in the show, uh, at the same time, it is the, uh, the most difficult thing to recommend to a new watcher. Like, oh, the first ten episodes are, are bad. But it gets really, really better, stuff like that. And uh, but at the same time, you see them develop. It's it's uh, it's one of the greatest uh, strengths of the show too, I think. How about you, Kev? 
there are two things I think that keep me interested in this show. The first, you've already discussed pretty thoroughly. The characters start off as these really weak stereotypes, and over time, I would say even over the course of less than two seasons, they completely defied all of the things that I expected of them. Um, the other thing that keeps me coming back is, as silly as it sounds, it's all connected, the tagline <laughs> that they like to repeat all the time. <laughs> like, it doesn't seem that way at the beginning of the show, and I, I doubt that they even planned it to be this way. I think they probably worked it out over time. Mm -hmm. um, but as I was doing my silly whiteboard drawing in excitement over just how much I love the show, I realized that the, the plot point that the show starts off on still matters in a pretty significant way all the way up to where we are now. Like there's, It's hard to keep track of sometimes because there's so much going on with so many characters, but at the end of it, I look back and I think all of this happened together in, in a really cohesive, singular way where not, yeah. not many pieces feel like they were there unnecessarily or unused. And yes, yeah, some stuff gets dropped off along the way, but here we are, and I think almost everything mattered, and I can't say that about that many shows in this genre. And, oh, that's so, I never thought about it like that, but you're right. Like, I'm thinking back to season one. I mean, we all know the, there's, this isn't really a spoiler, because I'm just going to assume people have seen Winter Soldier. They keep up with the Marvel movies. You know um, S.H.I.E.L.D.'s revealed to be Hydra, and obviously that has a huge impact on the show. Um, and you're right, like, the things that happen in the second half of season one, the relationships that change because of the people that turn... Um, that's still in season four when you kind of uh, get to revisit certain elements of things. Um, those still matter and those still resonate. And season two, like, everything, you're right, everything, it's all um, critical parts of who the people are and it defines what choices they make and how they act. Uh, and it's constantly referenced and, uh, yeah, I think you nailed it. Yeah. So... All right, so the I, I think we can agree that it's at its weakest when it ties into the movies and at its strongest um, when it does its own thing. Which season is your guys' favorite so far? For Probably me, Probably the fourth. Uh, yeah, season four, I mean, they really brought it. Uh, there, <laughs> were, there were strong moments all the way through most of the seasons, I'll say. Um, yeah. But season four just killed it nonstop. Like, I don't usually get, like, physically expressive when I'm watching TV. <laughs> uh, but all along through season four, I was, like, jumping out of my chair, like, shouting and cheering and freaking out. Like, I just, I couldn't get enough. And uh, besides what happens in season four, that is extremely exciting. I think the best part of season four is the structure, the yeah. three arcs. Yeah. So, Perfect. so for people who aren't familiar with the show, haven't seen the show, the first three seasons, the first season uh, is very standard monster of the week stuff, um, at least for the first half. And you get a little bit. There, there's kind of the stuff, shady stuff going on in the background with the big bad. Um, that's reference, but uh, it changes and becomes a lot more serialized in the second half. And it stays that way for most of two and three. Um, but season four, they split it into three distinct arcs. Uh, each one's about 
eight episodes. Uh, so you get three really different storylines, but they all connect together so seamlessly and then all wrap up nicely in the finale. It's I don't ever remember seeing a TV show like this do something like that, let alone pull it off so well. Um, and it's just, it, it makes it, like, you think back at the end of the season to the first arc, and it feels like three seasons ago. It just, the show moves so fast, uh, there's no filler, there's no time to pause, and I think that's, um, you know, aside from loving the story and character stuff they did in for, the structure, I think, is what made it feel like such a breath of fresh air. Um, and I, I'd wish more shows would kind of take that approach, because I, I think it's, it's like three seasons in one, it's awesome. Yeah. Like, uh, after season one, the pacing got progressively faster, but not to a demerit of the show, but uh, on the fourth season, the pacing is incredibly quick and still really good. Things happening all the time, and you can breathe. It's amazing. Yeah, one of the things that people like to compliment the show about is that they know how long to leave things unresolved and they know how long to keep a secret for. When something feels unfinished in one episode, you know you're going to find out what's up in the next episode and not ten episodes later. Or the yeah, yeah. entire season, yeah, like we had, uh, without spoiling anything, season three, the, the Will stuff. It's like, uh, was that, that was his name, right? I'm not sure. Yeah, anyways, the... <laughs> Uh, the, the, the Gemma fits. Yes, I know. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, I was like, oh, man, they could really... And then mid-season finale, that stuff was all done. Um, and then we got something totally different for the second half. Um, so, yeah, that that they handled real... And I love that because I know shows do that to, dry, to keep the ratings up and keep people hooked, but it really just ends up pissing them off, I think, in the long run. Um, I've seen a lot of backlash to a lot of shows for the same thing. So they only really linger on stuff when absolutely necessary. Mm -hmm. uh, so okay, so we talked about the characters and stuff like that. Um, sorry, I lost my train of thought here for a second. So with um, oh man, I'm I'm totally blank, and I had something to latch onto there. Uh, why don't we talk about who who's your guy's favorite character? I, I guess. In the, with, in the whole show, I don't want to say who's current and who's not. Um, but why do, you, why do you like them so much? All right, you know what? Sorry, before I go into that, I remember where I was going now. Bear with me, guys. <laughs> it's, it's been a long day. Um, one thing I like is that... Um, oh, my God, have I lost it? One of you guys can just talk about your favorite characters. Okay, well, since I have it on display in my room currently... Not sure if it's backwards for you guys or just for me, but uh, Leopold Fitz is not only the best character on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but he is the best character in the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah, and especially after season four. That's, that's not a joke. It's not an exaggeration. He has been through more and overcome more and changed more than any other character over the course of these almost 10 years of MCU storytelling. And I've completely fallen in love with him. Like, when the show eventually ends, if there's a person that I'm going to feel like left my life and, and left a hole in my heart, it's going to be Fitz. I just... He, 
I feel everything he feels. He he emotes everything so believably, and the the pain that he that he goes through is just like it sticks with me every single time. Like incredible acting, incredible writing. It just he, he's so real. I love him. And you mentioned the writing and the acting, and as good as the character is, I can't imagine anyone but him selling it like that uh, in the hands of a average mediocre TV actor. Um, not to disparage anyone, you know, I'm sure all actors work hard, but uh, yeah, that that would be such an easy role to to play out those scenes and not deliver that pain. But you feel it. Uh, you feel it in his face in the. Uh, the episode where he's at the monolith or obelisk or whatever, just banging on like that was like the first time where I was like, "Oh my god!" Like gut punch. Yep. And and I think he's the one who, and and you know, all of the characters at some point have some challenge to overcome. He's the one who, at the beginning of every single season, some <laughs> new horrible thing <laughs> has happened to him, and it takes him the entire course of the season to get past it before it happens yet again. But you know what makes me feel better about that? I, I like to think when shows put people through this kind of shit, it's because it's going to pay off in the end. <laughs> so I know he's going to get his happy ending. I just don't know uh, what it's going to be. Um, how about you, Dio? I think I 100% agree with Kevin. It's like, uh, as the show goes on, you maybe you get attached to Sky or Coulson or Melinda, but at the end of the day, uh, uh, Fitz is on a league of his of his own. It's like the actor, uh, uh, the caster, he's amazing. Like uh, most uh, characters. Uh, have their time to emote, uh, to really be pissed, angry, sad, but the cast on a whole other level, I would argue. And he could do, he does, he's not just angry, you're not just sad, you can get so yeah. much out of his face, he can be angry and scared and fright, like at the same time, every little bit of emotion is just nuanced so well. Um, so I'd agree. And, and, it's, and it's like you said, it's not to disparage the other, the other actors, <laughs> just as the caster is absurd. It's like, if yes. the show ends, when the show ends, I really wish for him to have a career. He deserves it. It's amazing. And, you know, I, I love all the actors. I love all the characters. But I, I actually, funny enough, think Coulson's the weakest one. Um, you know, he not, really is. I, not to anything against Clark Gregg. He seems like one of the nicest guys ever. Um, and, and I love his character and I love the way he plays him. But I don't know if it's not the writers. There's, the range isn't there. Um, the expressions, the tone. Uh, I feel like there's... Yeah, he just... He's the least interesting character to me, especially after his storyline kind of got resolved early on in the show. Um, and I feel like he's just there kind of as the anchor to what everyone else is doing around him. Um, yeah, he and, did and have I, a, a little bit of a nice arc in Season 3 there. I, I feel a little bit of unpleasantness in his speech patterns and and it kind of it, it got really bad during season two and i'm not sure if this was his acting or the writing yeah. it's hard for me to tell but there's a certain way that he formed his sentences and the rhythm of his speaking it's very that truncated made, and it made me very uncomfortable to listen to him deliver his lines <laughs> Uh, and I, I like I do think he got past that eventually, mm -hmm. but it was it was weird for a while. It was very uncomfortable. 
Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, well, so we shot on Coulson, we praised Fitz. Uh, so circling back to what I was going to talk about, um, again, we're still talking about general qualities of the show. Um, and one thing I think that uh, really helped it hit its stride is it found its tone. Uh, early on the show, we yeah. tried to be so serious, and it doesn't have the budget, it doesn't have the special effects, it, and it just the subject matter. It can't be serious all the time. Like, Deathlock is goofy, and I think near the end of season <laughs> one, uh, the stuff they did, uh, you know, the the way um, Bill Paxton's character kind of resolves himself, uh, that was a <laughs> classic, that was classic Whedon. Um, but I think when it, re- there was a couple things where I was like, yes, Agent S.H.I.E.L.D. gets it. One was Shotgun Axe. I was like, yes. Shotgun Axe is Agent yes. S.H.I.E.L.D., it's badass, it's awesome, but it's hilarious. It's uh, and around the same yeah. time, uh, when they introduced Patton Oswalt and Koenig, I was like, this is, this is good. This is a little bit of silliness. It fits in with the show. Um, it's adding a little bit of lighthearted to it. And I think as the show has gone on, it's gotten so good, like almost flawless at just quickly jumping between that, like, hey, here's a heart-wrenching scene with Mac. And then, oh, here's a hilarious scene with Coulson or May or something like that. Um, and that's what I love is that it can do all of it and uh, find a really good balance. I don't know, what, do you guys agree? Yeah, totally. Yeah, there's, there's a special quality uh, to the show when it finds itself eventually where it, it goes from feeling sort of exhausting to energizing, whereas in the first season, you're kind of like, an hour-long episode, is it over yet? And, and when they find their pacing and they find their tone and they know... Uh, what can keep you interested and what can keep you like feeling feeling awake and involved um, it gets to a point where instead of waiting for the episode to end you're halfway through and you're like wow there's still half of an episode left I can't wait to see what happens next and uh, yeah like you just you need to put the pieces together in the right way to make someone feel that way you nailed it like that's that was the thing with the first season I didn't feel it was this atrocious, horrible show that I see uh, some people say it was, but it was like, yeah, I was watching it, and then I would just kind of gravitate to my phone and pull my phone out and start kind of, oh, what's going on here, and I'm, yeah, I'm listening, but you're right, there was no, uh, there was no hook, there was no uh, investment in anything, and again, maybe it's just that it takes time to do that, but then you flash forward to season four, um, you know, I've just, due to getting busy and stuff like that, I sometimes have trouble finding time to watch the episodes every week. Uh, and a couple times I've fallen behind, like, ten episodes, and then it gets to the mid-season break. I'm like, oh, I've got a few months to catch up. But this season four, I watched the end of the Ghost Rider arc, and then I missed everything after that, and I marathoned, like, nine episodes in one day, like, just <laughs> back to back to back, because it's just like, next, next, next. I gotta, like, everything, something, like, from episode to episode, it's totally different. And things happen so fast. It's so good. So, I don't know. Um, is there anything, other general comments you guys want to say before we dive into spoilers? We're about 25-ish minutes in now. Um, I, I do this with all of the media that I engage with. Mm-hmm. Is uh, I'd like to make some comments about the soundtrack, because I'm, I'm very into Bear McCurry. Uh, like game movie soundtracks, whatever. Bear McCurry does such an amazing job like, I love the main theme, and, uh, you know, it's always fun to listen to. I figured out how to play it on piano, and, and um, 
the music always felt right to me. Like, there aren't any moments that have inappropriate soundtrack or not the right sound design. And especially with superhero-themed shows, it's an easy thing to get wrong to try to make the viewer feel heroic at maybe slightly the wrong moment. And because it ties in so well with what the show learns to do with its pacing um, as it improved over time, uh, getting things introduced like Sky's theme, which happens a, like partway through the second season, and you get bits and pieces of that repeated all throughout the rest of the run of the show, and um, especially with some of the really interesting uh, music stuff that happened uh, in the second half of season four, where we take some ideas from the main theme and present them in an unexpected way to match the unexpected or uh, completely different tone that the show is able to take. Like There are some really clever things going on with the sound design and the music that I just wanted to note that like it's just as high in quality as any of the other parts of the show. I, I and, say the music's probably um, more memorable to me than some of the Marvel movies. Oh, I was for about sure. to say that. <laughs> what were you gonna say, Dio? No, that's exactly that. Oh yeah. It's like uh, is is interesting that compared to the movies, uh, when it comes to villains, pacing. Uh, and soundtrack, like Kevin was saying, it's vastly better. Like, uh, because uh, there's a, there's this trend uh, in movies nowadays. Is the the soundtracks are more background, but in the case of Agents of Shields, is way more nuanced, way more important. So yeah, I totally agree, with Kevin. Uh, yeah, JB and Chat brings up a good point. He says. Um... I prefer season one music. It had more presence. It feels a little dialed down. I think season four might have fixed that a little bit, um, especially the Ghost Rider stuff. I think the music was really strong there. Um, but I have to go back and watch two and three. I, I do agree. I think there's um, season one, uh, you know, when you get the bus and stuff like that, I think maybe it was just a little louder with a little more oomph. Uh, but definitely the, the quality of the music um, is, not, is better than it's ever been, in my opinion. Um, just maybe the, the mix or the volume levels. I'm not sure if there was some turnover in the sound department there. Um, but, yeah, really, really good stuff. That's a good point. And especially in, you brought up Season 4, um, the unexpected stuff. There's almost, like, there's a big range. There's the action-pounding music. And there was, like, horror stuff in there, too, with some of the, oh, it's just, it, it sells you that dread intention so well and adds so much. And I think uh, music and shows is really um, underrated so I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, so was there was that it then? Is that anything else you guys wanted to touch on before we talk about crazy shit that happened? Um, one more thing, actually, uh, that I'm thinking of now is costume design. Um, it definitely had its low points, especially <laughs> especially Deathlock. <laughs> uh, but I'm, but like, I think, and and this is probably just going to be the theme of everything we say about the show. But Deathlock was a season one thing, and that was the low point of the costume design. I think one of the lessons that they learned over the course of the show is how to be more restrained 
and and a little bit more conservative in what they attempt to bring out of the characters through their costume design, where it doesn't have to be this extravagant half cyborg sort of ridiculous thing that clearly doesn't work on the budget they have, and everybody sort of just gets into their their action suits and like the major characters like like the villains and some of the side characters that are only around for a little while like like there's a cohesiveness mm-hmm. post season 1 to the look of the characters um where nothing like I can't recall anything since Deathlock that feels out of place and I feel like in that sense they've done their job yeah maybe lash a little bit um... okay you're right about yeah. Lash. I, I, I forgot about how good you know. uh, But yeah, and, and the characters are good. Yeah, I, I think you're right. Just They were a little too ambitious, and I think that's why the season four villains... I mean, the, the CG stuff they did on Ghost Rider was amazing, um, but when he's not transforming, um, that costume's very simple, but it's iconic. It looks good. It fits the character. Um, and then, you know, the without spoiling, the villain in the second half, uh, you know, it's just there's nothing required there and it doesn't make it any less menacing or any less awesome um you don't need to have all that flash and uh pomp and circumstance to make a villain exciting right and and like just for comparison because Inhumans is coming up next and Uh... i'm sure i'm sure we've all seen some little bits of what those characters look like it's surprising to me like i i know that like at a certain level, these are sillier, less realistic comic book characters that are ha- hard to make look <laughs> grounded. But you would think, and you know, I know it's not the same team or the same director or showrunner or anything, but why haven't they kept the lessons that they've learned from creating Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and bring that over to, you know, while it technically isn't, uh, should feel like a continuation of that theme and style. Mm-hmm. Like, why do they look so ridiculous? Why do they look so overdone when those lessons should have been learned already? And we'll we'll probably get into this in the spoiler topic, but when you mention cohesiveness, um, I agree, like, especially given the nature of that show and how it's going to have to relate in some way uh, to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which I expect it to, and if it doesn't, it'll be really strange... Um, you know, Inhumans was originally planned to be a movie, and at that point I was like, you know, because the, the movie and TV divisions are just like this now. I was like, okay, I'm ready for this to not even acknowledge uh, what's happening in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but they're both the TV division. There's no reason um, for it not to, the, those shows not to inform one another, and that should be reflected visually as well. So uh, I agree, it's kind of bizarre, but I'm going to, I, I want to wait and see what that thing is before I, <laughs> I'm too hard on it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and on the topic of, uh, you know, being smart with what they're able to pull off and realizing their limitations, um, again, when we get into the spoiler section, remind me to circle back to that because I think uh, what they're doing for potentially for Season 5 um, is maybe a very smart move in that regard. Um, so we'll get back to that. Was, was there anything else that you guys wanted to talk about or should we um, dig into it? Let's see. I'm good to go. Okay, so if anyone is uh, watching or listening and has not watched all the way up to the very latest episodes of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 4, which I think is episode 22 or 24, aired a couple weeks ago, bail out now. This is your warning. Spoilers. 
everywhere. Everything gets spoiled. Everyone who dies. Every What's happening next season, we're going to talk about it all. Uh, we're going to assume you've watched all the Marvel movies, although I can't see there being any spoilers there. Uh, but there's no there's no walking on eggshells anymore. Uh, this is this is happening. So um, if you guys want to bail out and circle back when you've watched the show or when you've caught up maybe in the last few episodes, then uh, by all means do that. But uh, if you haven't watched the show at all, um, I hope you guys give it a chance. I hope you got something out of what we uh, expressed here and take some of our enthusiasm and funnel that into giving the show a chance. Because um, it really is worth it if you can make it through. Uh, but without any more hesitation, let's talk about everything, I guess. Um, my um, God, uh, I think... Uh, oh, no, okay. Um, uh, I don't know. Where, where do you guys want to start? Do you want to start with how it just uh, ended? I, I have... Go ahead. I talked a lot. Ahead, I wanted you. to talk about the teaming on the show. Like, uh, there's throughout uh, all four seasons, and I hope uh, the fifth season too, uh, there's this team, uh, there is this theme of uh, family mm. and belonging. Like, in the first season, you have Sky uh, all alone. Where do I belong? Then she goes to S.H.I.E.L.D. You have uh, Ward. Uh, where does he belong? Uh, with S.H.I.E.L.D., with Hydra. In season two, you got presented with the Inhumans. So now Sky uh, feels like my, am I human? Am I with shields? Am I inhuman? Am I uh, with the inhumans? And in season three, we even have that with Hive. Like, he wants a family of inhumans. And, uh, no, okay. Say. Yeah, and, and um, I think you're right, and that's reflected in the characters, too. Uh, because, like you said, you had uh, Ward was, like, the agent, and, and I guess May to an extent, too. And then Fitz and Simmons were the scientists, and they were in the science lab. And then, uh, you know, everyone had their little niche to fill, and now it's so much more organic, and everyone gets involved in everything, and um, the way they work together, and everyone has relationships with one another. Nobody is uh, cut off, and that's hugely to the show's benefit. Um, and I think the whole, um, you know, the family thing, the, the diversity is done good for it, too. I think the re big reason Fast and Furious is so popular is because you've got um, a broad range of people of different ethnicities and genders, um, and that all kind of work together, and everyone sees themselves reflected in that. And Agents of Shield has done such an amazing job uh, with their diversity, um, and giving you know everyone uh, something that appeals to them. Be not that you can only watch a show if the people have the same color skin as you, but um, you know people like to. <laughs> and it makes sense for a like an organization like Shield, something that's global, uh, dealing with things all around the world. It would be so weird if they're all from New York. Um, so it's it's really cool to see them embrace that. And I think. Uh, it's a shame that wasn't there as much in season one because um, that really really would have helped the show, I think, find its footing a little bit better outside. I of do America. mean, uh, I do mean family in a more broader sense, like uh, in various uh, meanings. I think, like you have family in a more friendly way, you have family in the more uh, like sky mom and dad, that type of stuff. Uh, in various. Uh, uh, like how do you say? Uh, in various contexts, family mm -hmm. is a subject in the show, and it's is one of the best parts for, of the show for me. So not only family to each others, but their own families. Um, yeah, yeah, that makes sense, and that's obviously a big part of how the characters are. So much of Sky's character is who she came from, who her parents are. So much of Max's character now is his daughter. Uh, you know, and um, I'm sure this uh, Ward family is like 
family is who Ward is, the stuff with his brother uh, early on. Like, yeah, yeah I, you're right. You nailed it. And, he, is, and, he is who he is because of his family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and uh, especially for uh, Coulson and May and some of the things that they can relate on is, you know, they've had relationships, but for most of the time on the show, they don't have a family. They don't have any special connections to people aside from the people that they work with, and they bond through that as well. Yeah, exactly. Like, um, you know, lack of family. And I think that's, again, for the viewers, everyone can relate to family, whether you have a family, you don't have a family, whether you love your family, whether you hate your family. Um, this show kind of explores all those different things, and uh, everyone has something to kind of connect to, and that resonates with them. And uh, absolutely, deal that you're right. That's uh, It does cover a very broad subject, and I think it handles it for the most part really well. Um, so, yeah, let's, uh, I really want to talk about what just happened. I, I'm not sure this, <laughs> I don't want to get, you know, season one, I think anyone who's watched the show and would be listening to this now, that's kind of, uh, been done to death now, the Winter Soldier twist. Um, and, uh, I think we'll start maybe at season three. I thought season two is very strong. I loved the, uh progression of Daisy there and uh, as as kind of campy as it was I love the guy who played her dad oh yeah <laughs> I can't remember the actor's yeah. name but it was that was another point where I was like this is campy but it works like he's just hamming it up and loving it and he sells that performance so well but I think season three almost lost me at times um I thought it was the most uneven season uh the first half I was generally in on uh, I thought the kind of planet dragged on a little bit too long and the second half um to be honest i i don't remember that much from it i think hive was a interesting villain that they didn't quite manage to deliver on and um it just felt a little unfocused i guess what did you guys think of season three um the whole hive ward business uh was a little bit boring like i think at that point it was obvious there was nowhere else for them to take ward um and you know <laughs> like we someone, had people... someone killed him off and then another writer's like you did what we gotta bring it <laughs> <Yeah>. back <laughs> and so like aside from everyone begging for him to be redeemed somehow which just there was no hope for that happening turning yeah. him taking taking a character who has already been a villain for quite a while now and than killing him and making him another villain. A super villain, like, if you will. Like, we don't really need to see that happen. We, it, it carried this sort of strange baggage of what we've been through with Ward as his own character, where when he takes on another personality and gets infested by an alien, um, it's, it just felt awkward. Like, there, there wasn't enough space for them to work with to create... Uh, like an individual as a villain that is separate from what we think of Ward. And I think they may have been trying to create something with that where where we, you know, didn't think of him as quite so alien to us because he was in the body of a character who we were very familiar with. But it just didn't really work for me. I'd argue that, uh, I mean, I mostly agree with you, but... Uh... Having Hive inside uh, Grant's body, I think, provided a lot of cool interactions between the characters of the show. 
despite his the problems of the character as a whole. Uh, yeah, there were some good moments like uh, Sky getting brainwashed and having yeah. to deal with uh, all of the stuff that happened between them and sort of the awkwardness of what seemed like the two of them being happy together. Mm -hmm. um, but, like, unless you reminded me of that and the way that you did, <laughs> it wouldn't come back to me if I was thinking of the show as a whole. Yeah, I'm, even I'm struggling to... I have a bad memory as it is. Um, I, things go right through my brain. So it's awesome. I can rewatch stuff all the time. It's like watching it for the first time. Um, but, no, I, I agree that uh, they had some interesting ideas there, but I just don't think... They really managed to pull them off, um, and the will. It's like the, uh, it's like the the concept of Hive is interesting. His execution wasn't that much. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, and the, the will storyline I thought was a little. I'm not sure that did anything for me. Uh, you know, I know they like to put Fitz through the ringer. Um, that was another <laughs> one. You mentioned things happen one episode and get resolved the next. That one did take a good chunk of the season. Um, and I, when you talk about lasting impacts, I kind of feel like it feels like that never really happened now. Yeah, yeah. we could we could erase that from the history yeah, of the show, like, and it, I think the relationship between uh, Fitz and Simmons would be essentially the same. Yeah, and it shouldn't be. It's like she fell in love with another guy on an alien planet for, like, months. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, it's just like, oh, hey, Fitz. Yeah, who? nothing. Will who? Like, I don't know, yeah. It, again, it was another, um, something that maybe could have gone somewhere, uh, but just was a little undercooked. Um, it's know. like, uh, Will, like, yeah, it did, in the end it didn't really affect the Gemma and fit that much, but at the time it was good because of that, uh, in the context of the season, but Will felt like a non-character, really, like, whatever. <laughs> Yeah. Um, is, there, is there anything else you guys want to talk about season three? Because I, I mostly want to talk about season four. Uh, yeah, let's it, move past season three. Are you good? I, I season one, two, three, we're, we're done. Let's just talk about this one. I would only add that, I, I would only add that uh, the ending of uh, season three, specifically uh, Hive's death, I think was really good. Even with his, his problems, uh, his death and uh, Lincoln's death was really good. I agree. Um, they really hyped up the Agent Down storyline. I kind of thought they might kill off a more main uh, character. I, I always kind of thought Lincoln would be the easy way out. But I guess at this point you know they're not going to kill May or Coulson or Daisy. And, you know, Well, it depends how much uh, Jed listens to his brother. Because <laughs> we know <laughs> Joss would. But <laughs> yeah, no, I, I agree with you there. So let's get to season four. Um, I love, uh, what's the guy's name who plays Robbie? Uh, Luna. I I'm struggling to think of the name, if one of you guys can maybe look it up for me, but, um, he is so good in that role. I haven't seen the Nicolas Cage Ghost Rider movies, thank God, but I cannot imagine anyone else, um, uh, Gabriel Luna. Gabriel Luna, thank you. I cannot imagine anyone else playing that role so well. Yeah, this, this character, I think... Um, of all of the adaptations from comics, and I'm not going to say that I've read 
the more recent versions of Ghost Rider, but just looking at some pages, looking at some images, I completely believe, just based on looks, that this is the guy right off the page. And I don't really get that sense with a lot of other characters, you know, even from the movies. Like, even Tony Stark, maybe through personality he does, but he doesn't have everything that I see in the comics. Mm -hmm. Whereas this Ghost Rider, like, it's him. Like, it's him in every way. And it works so well for me. And even, even like, on a TV budget, even with the CG effects that they have, there's nothing that I feel like is missing from the character that I would have expected to see based on what he looks like or what he's capable of in the comics. Yeah, no. Um, I, I haven't read the comics either, so I have no, <laughs> no real reference point. Um, but I just... I. I'm kind of sad that they seem to have dropped his brother. Uh, you know, if he comes back, I guess he kind of disappeared from the season at that point, right? Uh, until the finale, and there was no place from there. But I would, I wouldn't mind seeing that wrapped up a little bit because I thought that relationship uh, between the two of them was interesting. And uh, you talk about family; that's a big part of who he is too. Yeah, he's basically Ghost Rider because of the family. Mm -hmm. Like his own motivation to become a Ghost Rider, to accept uh, Johnny Blaze's offer, was because of his his brother. What did you guys think of the soup, the way they handled the supernatural, ghosty, uh, dark hole stuff? Um, I did quite a bit of reading up on what that meant in the greater context of Marvel and the relationship between Doctor Strange mm. and Ghost Rider. And that's actually a very well-established thing in the comics. Um, that, of course, being mostly a fan of the movies and TV shows and not so much reading the comics, um, I was pleasantly surprised by. So um, I don't, I don't want to get too into it because it's not that relevant to the show on its own. Um, but The Darkhold is one of the special magical books that is sort of the evil counterpart to one of the powerful spell books in Doctor Strange. Oh, and... And so even though we don't really look at it this way because the show is so strong on its own, season four was the season of Doctor Strange. Um, and, you know, that comes up in the finale very oh, briefly. That was so good. Uh, yeah. I, love, I love just the subtle stuff like that. You don't need to bring in a cameo from a movie. Just show me these little things that help establish that familiarity and be like, yes, this is, this is a sling. This is the same yeah. thing. And, and um, so one of the things that I found in the comics that was pretty interesting, and it carries over into the show absolutely without even ever mentioning the relationship, is that Ghost Rider is one of the few characters who Doctor Strange is legitimately terrified of. Yeah. And, and, and we see that because in the show, Ghost Rider you know, starts out just sort of being this guy who has the flaming skull and he's kind of strong and stuff. But eventually we find that he can like tear his way out of hell basically at will and has an extreme amount of power that, he, that he's driven by whatever possesses him. And uh, that, is, that is absolutely pulled from the implied relationship between him and Doctor Strange that's sort of in the background throughout the course of the season. So, like, I think it was handled pretty well. Like, if, if you dig into it, you can see 
where a lot of the decisions came from in the storytelling about how important magic and alternate dimensions and so on uh, led to how they chose to present uh, Ghost Rider and the stuff that he was able to do in the show. Yeah, that's... Um, I guess the the only reason I brought up my only complaint was I felt like it was kind of like magic in Harry Potter where it's like they could just use this to, you know, oh, it's the dark hole. They could basically do whatever they want with it, but if that's just the nature um, of the book as it's presented in the source material, then that's not really uh, a flaw with the show. Um, but it was interesting um, seeing how... And I, I hope they explore that more with how it connects to Doctor Strange because I didn't know... Uh, there was that big of a connection. Um, again, obviously, until the finale. Um, does does it come back at all to the dark matter stuff from Agent Carter? Or um, Zero Matter, or whatever that was called? Or is there... An... I, I wish it did, but it, as far as I know, that was just sort of a hanging thread that oh. they left. <laughs> Which is... I mean, I'm sure they had plans to resolve that or mix it in somewhere, mm -hmm. but with the end of Agent Carter, I thought maybe they decided better off just leaving that where it is. You know, I gotta give a shout out to Agent Carter. I That show had so many problems, but I loved the the core characters and especially Jarvis and Peggy. I loved their relationship and I'm yeah. I'm, I'm sad that net show never got its Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. turnaround and never quite found its footing and never got a chance to live on, but um, I, I don't regret watching it. It's know. like, uh, uh, how do you say, it felt incredibly limited, like, they, because it's set so much far into the past, mm. and you have to set up so many stuff for the movies, for the series, it felt really limited, but it was a really fun ride, I think. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, when you make a prequel or something that takes place before, you're, you're like you said, you're kind of trapped um, because everything has to lead up. I just watched Alien Covenant, and oh my god, the problems that movie creates for that universe are so funny, because where that movie ends, it's like, okay, so now that has to connect to the first Alien, there's like, all these things have to happen, because otherwise nothing makes sense, and uh, I think Agent <laughs> Carter ran into that too, where it's like, um, you know, they we know the S this is what happens to the SSR, we know this becomes S.H.I.E.L.D., and um, you know, I think S.H.I.E.L.D. being separate from the movies and taking place in current time, and in some cases even jumping ahead, uh, it's got so much freedom in, in terms of what it can do, and I think, um, you know, maybe the move away from the movies was really smart in that regard. Yeah. Um, so I, I guess that's Ghost Rider. Uh, you guys I only have one thing to add. Um, while the, the arc itself was really good, I, I thought, I don't know if you guys will agree with me, that uh, his uncle, I believe, wasn't exactly a good villain. Like, compared to the, all of the other villains, even Hive, his motivations felt really boring, I guess. Like, oh, I want power. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 I, I didn't really buy what he was getting at. Like, he, I, I didn't feel like what he was trying to do was genuine. Mm. Like, well, he was upset because he felt slighted and he wanted more for him. Like, I don't know. There's just no substance to what he was trying to do. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. I think maybe now he's better as a kind of um, uh, 
character and an ally to them than a, as a villain because I honestly actually until you guys brought it up I can't remember his motivations now um, I know the you know the gangsters uh, he was mad for what they did to his brother so he's going after them but um, how, how much of that was him and how much was Ghost Rider I can't remember what the deal is between the two it, it, it was something where his his uncle was the one who mm -hmm. hired the gangsters to attack them to hide something that was going on because there was some conflict over the dark hold mm. and it's just kind of a messy thing that when they resolved it is it just kind of like eh, all right let's move on let's do something real with this character yeah that i guess that was probably the most abrupt point of the season was when they go through the portal and it's like okay this is wrapped up but uh, <laughs> even though that ended abruptly the way they rolled out the LMD storyline and uh, someone in the official thread on Gaff posted uh, uh, like a zoomed in image from the season three finale on the computer screen where they've got like uh, the LMD program and stuff like that. And the way that Ada was slowly introduced and gradually developed was probably the best part of the show. I loved the LMD storyline and I loved, uh, you know, what agent may um, forgive me, uh, I, I'm slipping on all the actors' names. Um, I, I can't think of her name off the top of my head, but she did such a good job uh, portraying that role, first convincingly as Agent May, and then it's revealed she's an LMD. And I love the final scene where she's just sitting there blocking them to the bus um, and the way that she kind of accepts her fate and deals with it. I think that part was really strong, in addition to all the stuff that happened with Ada. And and one of the things uh, that really sells the LMD storyline for me is that even though they were copies, you know, they were robots that believed that they were really those people in some way, or they, you know, some of them knew and some of them didn't. Um, but like, especially with LMD May's death. Like, I felt like I lost something. Like, yeah, I felt yeah. like we were losing a real character. And, I mean, we were, but, you know, it's it, like, I, I completely believed what she was feeling and what she was going through. And uh, especially toward the end of the season where everybody is now aware of the LMD problem and they're, they're still dealing with a few things uh, with that when they come back to, to resolve things at the end. Um, I still felt like like it's a real shame that we had to lose those copies of those characters because, man, were they interesting. Yeah, they posed some really interesting questions, like knowing that you're a fake. But it's really interesting for uh, Mina when the actress name of uh, May. Uh, to act, I, I, I think, yeah. Yeah, you brought up a good point. Uh, it explores things like, um, you know, what it what it means to be human. I think a lot of what uh, the movies tried to do, what Joss tried to do with Ultron, um, I think Jed oh, and his yeah. team, this what like the whole LMD storyline was the proper execution of that, um, or those ideas, I guess, trying to find identity and the whole, um, you know, the creator creationist aspect of it. Um, because you're right, like those felt like real characters, and I was kind of thinking uh, at the end we might. I'm kind of glad they didn't do it now. I don't know if I would have liked it. Uh, I thought they might 
find a way to make a, a new body for Fitz and somehow bring the Fitz in the framework's consciousness out into this body. And it would be really interesting, I guess, to have two of those characters um, play off each other uh, that way over the course of maybe half a season and um, see what kind of development you can get from that and what they can learn from each other. And uh, one of the things that stuck with me actually is uh, when May and Coulson come out of the framework and they have that conversation <laughs> about what <laughs> what LMD May was trying to do with Coulson and like you have to believe that she was real because what her copies actions were influenced Coulson's opinion of real May. Mm. Because, like, on some level, it really was her, right? It was a copy of her brain. Yeah. Um, so it gives us insight into maybe some hidden feelings or motivations that the character, like the real versions of the characters have um, that won't ever, or maybe they will in the future, but, you know, were never expressed in any other way. And the, the framework just continues that even better, and I think that's why when I saw they were bringing back Ward, I was like, oh my god, here we go again. <laughs> like, they just can't leave him alone. But uh, his comeback in Season 4 was exactly what Season 3 Hives wasn't. It was closure for that character. It was um, getting to know, you know, like, what if the, a couple things were different? And I think it... Uh, even though he never really got redeemed because the real word uh, died a villain, I think it was uh, so nice to explore the other side to that and kind of fully flesh him out. Um, and, you know, we got to see a, a lot of different characters in the framework, how they behave like that with Mac and stuff like that. Um, I don't know if, again, I don't know if it was intentional or if they just thought, let's just put them all in this fake make-believe world and see what happens. Uh, but it feels like it was all intentional and all part of the big plan. I think in the case of Ward, uh, in the framework, uh, the best thing about it is that uh, it brought a new perspective to the crew, especially Fitz, to see what uh, different choices in your life could have influenced you, and especially in Ward's case, like, in the end, Fitz basically says, I'm Ward, and he really is, just uh, so, some, someone different uh, rescuing you from a bad situation like Ward's family. Uh, changed him entirely. And sort of redeemed him in a sense. Yeah, like Riz said, like what? It's so scary and so um, effective because the LMDs or the framework, it's the same character. So that's why Fitz is so torn up. He's like, no, I, I did these things. This is me. And yeah. one thing I'm worried about because I feel like they're already trying to gloss over it um, when they first come out of the framework. They've all lived two lives. Uh, as the show states it, there is no differentiation to them now between the life they lived in the framework and the life they lived in the real life, except for the fact that they know which one is fake. Um, but both of them at the time were equally as convincing, and that should have huge ramifications on um, their characters moving forward. And I'm just a little concerned that it's going to be the whole Will Gemma Fitz thing, or the Fitz brain damage, um, you know, that... I think they're just going to maybe bandage that up and move on. Maybe they have to. It's not going to hurt the show uh, in any significant way, I don't think, but it would be nice if they uh, explored that a little bit in Season 5. 
it's it's strange uh, because uh, when you th really think about other characters in the framework, uh, the only one that really had his life changed in a way that would really influence uh, his view on the real world was Fitz because uh, May. Uh, I mean, everyone has a. I forgot uh, when you go to framework, uh, the words uh, you have. Uh, a choice of yours changed. What was uh, the word? Biggest, uh, a, a regret. regret. A regret. Yeah. Regret. Like the the regrets of the, most of the characters wasn't something that, while uh, providing them with a new life, uh, a new perspective. In the case of Mac, having his daughter, mm -hmm. it's not something that really uh, influenced uh, their interactions with other characters in the real world. And I really can only think of it. Uh, it's. Sadly, I really think that in the next season, what we really see that really influenced uh, the characters are Fitz and Gemma relationship. I just want them to be happy. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> you know that can't happen. I know, but I want it so bad. Especially since the uh, the Mac Fitz train is over. That was the thing people were trying to make happen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was into that too. <laughs> Uh, they were great together. They had uh, everyone on the show. I think great chemistry. Really, yeah, exactly. Really good chemistry. <coughs> um, so I guess one of the problems I had, with, it's a very minor problem, one of the problems I had with the framework uh, arc, I found it a little hard to follow at times who was plugged in and who wasn't. Um, I remember when Mace died, uh, for like when it first happened, I was like, oh, he's just part of... The was that supposed to be a reveal at the end of the episode? That, oh shit, he's plugged in? Or were you supposed to know that? Uh, I think you were supposed to know that. There was, okay. there was, a, li there was a little bit of thinking required um, in the episode where most of the team gets kidnapped when they go to take down the Russian guy. Yeah. Um, where... There's like a gap of time, and then they all meet up, and it's a little bit vague and confusing. Mm -hmm. And then you realize at some point, okay, everybody who went on that mission, uh, except for Gemma and Daisy, were kidnapped and plugged into the framework and replaced. So, yeah, I mean, it's a, like it felt a little bit strange at times because we see characters come back that we love and we want to see more of. And I think maybe there wasn't a strong enough differentiation between what made the life in the framework different for the real living characters mm -hmm. and what made life different in the framework for the framework characters. So we had framework ward and we had framework trip and trip was pretty much the same but ward was different <laughs> and so like <laughs> like we never we never really even though there's a brief conversation about it we never really get to explore like what else about the world is different like what changed these characters or what motivated them to be where they are now in this version of the story that that separates them from the real characters who have entered the framework. There's like there's just like a little bit of vagueness there. Uh where like I, I think I would have liked it more and like getting Ward's fake redemption is great and all, but I don't think that they should have been different than mm -hmm. what they were originally. Because then it, like like say Mace's death 
sort of loses a little bit of value to me because what's different about him is not separate from what's different about people who aren't even alive in the first place. Yeah, yeah, I see where you're coming from there. Um, yeah, it's... On topic of Mace, it's too bad that he... I thought he was a really strong addition um, to them, and I, I'm not sure... Just something about his death rubbed me the wrong way. Um, and I think maybe it's like what you said, there something wasn't differentiated enough. He was basically exactly the same uh, as he was, and... Um, I don't know, it didn't, but it's hard for me to go back to that because I didn't realize at the time, I was like trying to figure out why everyone was so upset, I'm like, it's fine guys, like he's fine, but it, it wasn't just a, a simulation, um, so no, I, I agree. Is there anything else you guys kind of want to uh, touch on, anything major, before we talk about kind of how things end and uh, move on to what might season five be about? Yeah. Um, Ada, I think. Sorry, go ahead. I talked over you. Go ahead, Dio. Uh, talk about Ada, I think. Mm. She deserves a lot more. <laughs> like, uh, How many characters uh, did Ada play? We have original LMB Ada. Then we have uh, Framework Ada, like Madam Hydra. Then we have Human Ada. Am I missing anyone? The real person and, she was based on. Yes, Agnes. Yeah, four. Yes. And all of them uh, and, feel different. And uh, even though I don't think this, like you would really count this as a separate character, but there were actually two LMD Adas. The first one gets oh. caught and destroyed. Right. <laughs> and there's the second one who sort of learns a lesson from that. Yeah. Um, so, sorry, Dio, carry on with what you're going to say. No, it's like, uh, uh, I think we talked about this some days ago. Ada is a vastly better Ultron. Like, the whole idea of. Uh, how humanity influences you, uh, searching for humanity or denying it in the case of Ultron. It's very interesting her case. And uh, like uh, questions like she, when she sees Agnes, uh, what that poses for her, stuff like that's really interesting. Like she's really interesting the the the, the whole season. Like really good. Yeah, I think. Uh, aside from being great at playing a bunch of different characters, um, playing uh, the Ada who becomes a real human with all of her superpowers, um, it was really a ride for me because I wasn't sure where we were going to end up with her by the end of the season. She has that moment where she teleports to save Mac, and I'm like, wow. Ada's joining the team, like, we got her. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I and then, for, like, five minutes I, later. <laughs> I, like, I believed that for a very short amount of time. It was, uh, like, characters can be redeemed on shows like this if she realizes that everything that motivated her up until this point wasn't the right thing to do. I could have seen her carrying on as part of the team, and I liked her enough to see that happen. And then, of course, I mean, she has to be punished for all the other horrible things that she did, uh, and then goes completely insane. But, like, the, the range of emotions that just that one version of her character has is really impressive to me. I wish we got a little bit more of Humanita before she turned totally. Yeah. It would have been nice to explore 
a little bit of those relationships, a little bit more of her thought process before she went full crazy. I'm not sure if you guys. While know. while interesting to see her uh, feel these emotions for the first time, it felt uh, really rushed. Like in the span of I think two episodes, she she died. So okay. Yeah, she got a human body. Felt all the emotions, felt love, got betrayed, turned, went crazy, and died. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it was all two episodes, which, again, is it's awesome that the show moves so fast. But uh, I think the last couple, especially the finale, which we'll get to in a minute, um, I think that one could have easily been two episodes. Yeah, I would have liked to see maybe one episode worth of her trying to be good before it all falls apart. <laughs> How about Holden Ratcliffe? That is uh, a great character. Great character. Yeah, I, I questioned him when we met him at first in season three. Didn't oh, really like who he guy. was. Yeah, I wasn't really feeling his whole deal. Um, but then by the end of season three, when they do the, the LMD tease, I was like, we have some good things in store for this guy. <laughs> Yeah, and his character is so interesting too because he, I don't even want to call him being redeemed. I don't feel like he's ever that far gone. Um, he's just in everything for himself and uh, I think just misguided in how he approaches it. Clearly, terribly yeah. misguided. <laughs> um, like you, you see that uh, uh, he's incredibly misguided but he's always trying to do at least in his mind, the right thing. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, uh, the whole framework uh, uh, in concept for him was to provide a better life for the characters, which Ada sort of corrupted, I guess. Yeah, I, he he lacked an awareness of what mistakes he was making yeah, exactly, along exactly. the way. Um, but I still, I still believed in... Uh, like his ability to show regret once he realized he was wrong about things showed me that he was still a good guy like he was still mm -hmm. worth trusting on some level like he he wasn't trying to be some trickster you know creepy annoying like crazy weirdo guy he was he was just always making slightly wrong decisions yeah yeah, and uh, his final scene. I love that. I love that so much. I need to get... One of the best in the entire <laughs> show, I think. Yeah. I saw someone... Probably, Sorry, go ahead. Probably one of my, one of my favorite uh, departures of a character. It's really good. Like, for his whole character arc, uh, to, the, to go out like that is incredibly poetic in his case. Was that the final shot we got of the framework as well? I think so. Was that before Mac and the bridge and all that stuff? That was after, right? After, after. Yeah, I think so. Okay, yeah. So that it was a good send-off to both of them, to that world and to the character, I agree. Um, and then for the finale, like, just, yeah. See, and the problem is it's been a few weeks now, so things already... The problem is when I, when I watch <laughs> so much of shows like this, the episodes blur together, but I remember watching it and thinking... Um, I think Ada died a little too quickly. 
uh, it just it felt really rushed, and I think it could have been easily split into two, maybe one with them uh, still getting Mac and everyone getting out of the framework, and then a final one resolving Ada's arc and kind of setting that other stuff up. What do you what you guys think of the finale? Um, I thought that the way Ada was defeated was a little bit awkward. Um, Hard to seeing, follow. Seeing Coulson somehow becoming the Ghost Rider, like, I understand it's possible the Ghost Rider has jumped between bodies plenty of times now, um, but I just, like, it didn't feel right <laughs> with Coulson being the... Like, mm. I, I, like, I understand that ultimately it's like this whole teamwork effort of setting up the trick to get her in the right place to have that happen. But it didn't feel like Coulson was the one who earned the killing blow. I, I didn't like seeing him be the one to do that. It should have been Fitz. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So that's what I disagree. I'm thinking as you're talking about it. You disagree? I don't think... Uh, Fitz... Uh, at that time, was a show of his former self. I don't think he really could have killed her, at least. I mean, not even in a more simpler way, which was impossible, like shooting her or mm. I don't know, but more so with, uh, with the Ghost Rider. I don't really could see that happening. The way I imagined it playing out, which is not too far off from what they ended up doing, is that... Fitz wouldn't be the one who actually killed her. Like, he did not commit the act of killing. Um, but he would be so involved in the setup and trapping her and making that happen that he would be present for it so that we could see his reaction to her death. Whereas, instead, what we got was Coulson, Ghost Rider, and Ada in a hallway. But and, and, you, like, weren't Fitz and Simmons in that hallway? They were in a separate room. They were, like, in oh. the server room. <laughs> okay, yeah. Yeah, that I agree with you. It was it was a little awkward, and I saw a lot of people confused about... I thought it was pretty clear that they did the swap thing, because people were like, well, how is Robbie over here with Sky when... Like, that stuff was fine, but I agree. It was a little... She just kind of went, I guess. Um, awkward was was a good word to describe it. But at the same time, uh, uh, it's understandable that they did uh, it that way. I mean, killing her so fast. She was incredibly overpowered. It was still going through that range of emotions uh, in a really, uh, how do you say, really strong way. But uh, it really felt rushed still. Like, and I guess we'll discover in the next season some of the stuff, like uh, seeing Robbie talk to, to him. Oh, uh, have you told them about this? Uh, oh, next season, stuff like that. One thing I didn't think was rushed um, and was done really well was uh, Mac and his daughter. And I was honestly, uh, I mentioned I thought they'd find a way to get Fitz out of the framework. I thought for sure either Mac would stay behind or they'd find a way to save Hope because that was one of the toughest scenes I've watched on the show, the way she just vanishes. Like, I, just thinking about it now, I'm like, I'm struggling. That was, uh, again, a really nice character moment for Mac and a really amazing uh, act, acting performance. Yeah. And, you, and it is interesting yeah. that uh, while you can understand uh, the 
the people who are on the real world already uh, wanting him to get out, you totally comprehend uh, why Mac wants to stay there. And uh, when she disappears, it hits you like a gut punch. It's terrible. Yeah, I, I think maybe Hope got a little bit too much screen time. Like, they really, really hit you over the head oh. with the with yeah. the issue Here's of, cute of her. Kid. Yeah, like, yeah. We, we didn't need as many minutes of that as we got. It was pretty apparent from the first time that she was in the show what was going to happen. Um, but I still think it was effective. I still think it worked really well. What did you think yeah. of his reunion with Yo-Yo, I guess? Um, was that... Earned did it feel a bit too? He based. I thought he would be a little bit more mad or torn up, but he was very accepting. Uh, or maybe that's what happened in the framework. Maybe he just had kind of didn't accept it at that moment, but he knew this time was limited, and one way or the other, it was going to run out, and he he already kind of uh, come to terms with that. I think uh, compared to other characters like Coulson, for example, starts remembering stuff from the real world. Mac mm -hmm. was far more interesting because. He really didn't feel like he remembered anything. And because of that, his interactions, uh, knowing that uh, Yo-Yo loved him, but he didn't really, in that context, love loved her back, uh, provided some really interesting interactions uh, with both, especially on the scene that uh, Hope dies. Yeah, it's, it's a really interesting question of what does it feel like when you feel like you know someone and how they feel about you, but they've forgotten all of that. And do you believe that it's still in them or not if they don't have that memory? Like how much of how they feel about you is who you are and, and you know what you can create out of that versus the circumstantial environmental things that they've experienced with you in the past. That's kind of eternal sunshine as follows mine type stuff there. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> really yeah. deep. Um, yeah, I, that's to me. That's the highlights of the finale. Um, you guys want to touch on anything else before we talk about that cliffhanger? Um, there's there's one thing that I wanted to mention uh, that has to do with one of the things I talked about before we started talking about spoilers, which is just. Um, now that I can get into specifics of why the show still has me hooked and um, the fact that even though it started off weak, they've still managed to make those plot points relevant. I think even from episode one, the concept is Coulson is somehow alive. And like I said, <laughs> even though this may have not been the plan all along, Coulson was alive because of Cree blood, which then we use to discover in humans. And all the way up to the finale of episode four, we have Ada using powers that she stole from experiments on in humans. Like, ultimately, to me, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. from season one, episode one, to the end of season four has been a show about Inhumans. And all the other stuff they've dealt with has, mm -hmm. has been for small periods of time, sort of on the side. And, you know, even if they weren't totally sure about taking that path down the Inhuman story until maybe further into season one, um, I just love 
that that is what the show became. And when I look back on it, I'm really happy that that's the direction they went in. I would love to go back and rewatch the first couple and see where the hints start to drop about Sky's origins. I know they was it zero eight four was that where we were kind of told she was this, um, I guess unknown uh, entity or something like that. I, I know they didn't know about her dad. When when did her mom start to come into play there? How early was that? that? that, it, was, was that it was it was it was. I believe it was pretty early on. Uh, one of the other major hints was uh, what's behind me on the board here, the uh, the Cree map drawings. And, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, you know, I can't say for sure whether the first time that was on screen, they meant it for, you know, to be a drawing of a map from, you know, the Cree. But that's what they turned it into, and for me that works. Yeah. Um, what about you, Dio? Uh, about what specifically? Uh, I guess just what what we're talking about. The do you feel like the threads from early in the show? Is there anything specific that you like the way they carried it through? I think I agree with with Kevin. Like uh, it feels like they carried certain stuff throughout the seasons, and even if they dropped it, it's like uh, how do you say? Uh, the new human stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, it goes. For example, to season one, to season two, and right when uh, that drops, you have another thing that is is carried through more than one season. It do it very well, but I totally agree that it's a show about Inhumans. Probably more, it, it will be more well executed than Inhumans. I think <laughs> almost assuredly, <laughs> but almost, maybe we'll eat some crow. Uh, I can only hope. <laughs> I hope so. Can, can we finally talk about the stinger now? Yes. Yeah. I've been dying to talk about the stinger. Okay, so my theory is that the Coulson uh, sitting at the bar is an LMD, and the real Coulson is in wherever we see him, in space, presumably, on a spaceship. I don't know why, but that's... I, I get the feeling those two scenes felt so separated. I don't think it was another time skip. I think they were happening at the same time. It's strange, though, because uh, you see... I mean, I don't think uh, LMD could get possess- possessed by the, the Ghost Rider, so... Uh, and I think the, the other characters would notice if he was... Uh, if he was... if he exchanged places with the LMD, so I'm not really sure uh, Coulson is really an LMD there. I really think something happened, he made a contract with someone. Mm. I guess we'll see next season what really happened, but... I don't really think he's he in the in the bar. He's an LMD. He, it's him. Although I can understand when people say that he felt really detached on that scene. Yeah, I uh, I didn't attempt to come up with any theories because I know <laughs> no matter what I guess, I'll end up wrong. Yeah, uh, <laughs> no uh, open my mouth. <laughs> I I really can't say. Um, I do know that people love to guess that him being in space at the end means that S.W.O.R.D. is somehow involved, but it was confirmed on Twitter by the FX supervisor that S.W.O.R.D. is not something that they're able to use. Mm -hmm. Um, So why is Coulson in space? Why does he seem like he's so content 
where he is in space? Is anyone else in space with him? What deal <laughs> did he make with the Ghost Rider? Does that have anything to do with why he's in space? Or are those two entirely separate stories that they're going to tell both of in season five? I have no idea. Can we agree that uh, when they drop that little uh, bit in the finale where they say, uh, I can't remember who he's talking to, but someone mentions a cost, and he's intentionally cagey about what the cost of the deal with the Ghost Rider is. Can we agree that will come back in some way? Oh, totally. Yeah. yeah. I see I see Coulson as a character who, as established in the Avengers, is very willing to sacrifice himself or something important to him in order to accomplish the usual goal of safety or motivation for everyone else. So I definitely expect it to be something of that nature uh, where he has to give up something, some like level of agency over what he's doing. Like Maybe that is why he's working in space somewhere or maybe it's something else but um it'll be i think a good opportunity to sort of revisit that side of colson that we haven't really seen since earlier on in the show one thing i I was talking about earlier and i'm glad i can circle back to it now you talked about um, the character designs and the budget and the effects i think if they're setting a big chunk of this in space uh you can I don't want to say it's easily easy, but you can do the window space views and the rest of it is just hallways because that's what spaceships are. And that'd be so much cheaper than closing down streets in a city uh, to shoot in. So, uh, you know, it, it sounds like season five is getting another budget cut. They've moved it to Fridays. It, it really feels like this is uh, Shield's last stand or whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, I'm not expecting a season six unless the ratings somehow explode. So I, I think maybe that's a big move that they can shave off all this budget in this one area um, and use it to do something else really special when they need it. Here's my theory. They know the show is going to end. They've put everyone in space. We know uh, bad Everyone's things. in space. <laughs> we know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Just stay with me here. Okay. <laughs> Season 5 will end sometime around the release of Infinity War, right? So how do we resolve this well for all of those characters? Uh, There's a space battle above Earth, and when Thanos shows up, he just kills them all. End of Agents of (laughs) S.H.I.E.L.D. (laughs) There's no better way to do it. No, please no. No, no, wait. So he murders them all right as uh, Fitz and Gemma finally reconcile from their latest... Yeah. Yeah. This is how you make this work. All right. We know that the characters will never actually show up in the movies. That's done. That's settled. Right. But if they're all on a spaceship or on a space station somewhere orbiting Earth... They can just take that ship from the movie and put it in the show... Exactly. You don't need to hire any actors for that. You, we can just have it blow up in a movie somewhere. So it's like in Mass Effect 3 when you see the little kid get into the thing and then it's just flying away later and just explodes. You're like, oh, that was, that was Coulson. Exactly right. Oh, my God. I, it's just so strange to me that that's why I think it's separate. The government, I don't see the leap from this government guy 
arresting them to being in space unless it's like some men in black shit. Yeah, I, I don't know like who who else could that be? We've gone through the two shields story already. What other organization has ridiculous gadgets and wears suits and has some amount of military force? Like I so, thought that was Shield, right? So or Hydra, are, but sure. Um, hopefully, we don't hear Hydra ever again. I'm I'm really done with that, and I yeah. hope they are too. Yeah, I agree. Oh man, I yeah. Short of what you said, everyone in space, I got I got nothing for season five. Unfortunately, I I'm really excited to see where they take it. Uh, but I I watched that last little couple minutes over and over again on youtube i can't take anything from there uh but i think as you said wherever colson is he's uh been there for a while and he's has some sort of routine and he's kind of accepting of it to some degree which makes me think that it was either a contract or a deal uh that he made but i'm i'm not sure I'm looking forward to finding out and what I believe we currently expect to be January of next year. Oh, man. Yeah, so uh, if anyone's not caught up to date, I think what I read is it'll still be a 22-episode season. It starts in January after Inhumans ends. There's no breaks. It's every week. Yeah. There's no, no stupid mid-season break. There's no four weeks off in November. It's just go, 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 start to finish, and it should wrap up. I think it actually will end after Infinity War a, a little bit. Um, okay, so the final episode is just a shot of space debris for an hour. <laughs> for an hour. <laughs> With the Ages of S.H.I.E.L.D. theme just playing on loop as it orbits. <laughs> oh, no, please no. Curry's going to break out all the stops. Oh, man. Uh, so one last thing I, then I, wanna, I wanted to kind of ask. If you guys... We don't know what's going to happen in Season 5. The way you picture it now, what's a really good uh, final scene? How do you want to see the show sent off? Does everyone go their separate ways? Do they all kind of form a new thing together? Does everyone die at the hand of Thanos in a bunch of space? Dirt? <laughs> uh, you know, it just if you, what's in your head? How do you want to see this wrapped up? Is it a happy ending? I hope it is, at least for Jim and in Fitz. Oh, that's not <laughs> I don't care about the rest. No, one of them's going to die. For sure. No. Um, I, I hope that it ends sort of the way it started. Not in, you know, where the characters are or what they're doing exactly, but that they've all found a place and a purpose and their intention is to just continue doing that for as long as possible, right? I don't want to see them say, we've done our story, we're retiring and going to live our lives, or I don't want to see a scene where it's like, ah, oh, we're all the family together again, and that's sort of it. Because that's what we got with season four, right? I want to see yeah. sort of a, like, we're getting another call for a mission, let's go do it. Have, and, you, guys, and... have you guys watched Angel? No. No. Okay. I mean, I'm bit, but never really followed it. Yeah, 
the well for anyone listening who has seen it, the final. Do you guys care if I spoil Angel on here? It's like 10 no, years no, 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 not at all. Go ahead. Um, it it was canceled. I don't know if they wrote the finale as a series finale. Um, it definitely didn't give closure. There was a lot of big cliffhangers. Uh, but basically, it's you know the circumstances from Shield are entirely different. But they're a team um, that accomplishes things. And the final shot of the episode is there's just this big, huge, end-of-the-world bad coming in the streets and all these demons flooding into the world. And they just basically pick up their weapons and say, we just got to keep on fighting the good fight. And they just charge in, and that's the end of the series. And I I love that because that's the mission, the whole series. That's what they did was fight this evil and... uh, you know, kind of defend the world, and it ends with them doing that. It doesn't end with them walking away from that responsibility. So I like your idea. Uh, it would be awesome if it's some Mission Impossible shit where <laughs> this mission was, or this uh, will self-destruct in five seconds if you choose to accept it. But um, I, I like that idea. What about you, Dio? I think it's difficult to try to predict what will happen because uh, so many times over the seasons we got our legs pulled when we thought we knew what was going to happen and then boom uh, and uh, Ward is a villain stuff like that so I don't know it, like you, we can think that uh, a happy ending will, will happen but that feels cliche a bad ending with everyone dying could happen but that sort of feels cliche too so <laughs> yeah, right. I don't know Marvel if you're listening do not hire Kevin to write you because <laughs> <laughs> I will know if he had a hand in it Oh. Oh man. But uh, I think the best uh, the best way for it to end is more like not uh, something so final like uh, all, all all of them dying or all them retiring. More like a continuation, another day, another mm-hmm. job for a shield, and that's it. No, I, I'm with you guys. I can't think of uh, it, whatever it is. I don't want to see everyone kind of split off. Uh, I. Not not like a whole big family reunion thing, but I'd like to see, uh, I guess, everyone staying in touch or everyone. I want to see that acknowledgement like, and all the relationships that they developed over the years. I want to see that all pay off um, in some fashion. And I, I just hope it's resolved uh, well, and I hope they are able to plan it. Um, I know they kind of treat every season like there's going to be a next season, but I'm hoping the, the TV studio, if they're not going to renew it, will at least give them a chance to end it properly. The fans deserve it, and I think all the cast and writers deserve it as well. It must be really hard to have, you know, big ideas for a future and not be able to realize them and, and have regrets on how you left things. Um, I know they said they wrote this season to end uh, in a satisfying way, which makes me wonder if they just were holding on to that stinger in case they didn't get renewed. Um, but, Yeah. Can't wait. I think they. I think they said that uh, they didn't plan for this season to be the, the, oh, the series finale. You're right. They were told to write a season finale, yeah. but they didn't. <laughs> they just did something that would would be badass and cool. Yeah. But uh, not to really end the series. So mm-hmm. it was I guess what lucky of them to to uh, get a a new season. But it's interesting when you talked about the budget. Uh, for me, Shield feels like one of the few shows that really utilizes uh, budgets in a really smart way. Like uh, in, ca- in question of uh, the the places they are and uh, containing the effects really well. So 
maybe we could see uh, this uh, the fifth season being a test for a reduced budget. What can they do with it? And maybe we can, could get more season with a reduced budget. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else you guys want to discuss before we wrap it up? I think I pretty much covered everything I wanted to say. <laughs> that was an hour and a half of S.H.I.E.L.D. talk, and it was amazing. Yes. <laughs> so um, you know, what I'd like to do is have uh, maybe we'll do a mid-season check-in or something next. This is not going to be the last S.H.I.E.L.D. episode on this podcast for sure. Uh, we're going to be back here after either next season wraps up or after the series is done um, to talk it out. And uh, it'd be really cool to actually, if we could organize something, to watch the whole the finale together or something like that. I'm, I'm not sure how we'd handle that, but... Um, thank you so much for coming on the show, guys. It was a lot of fun. Thank, well, thank you, you for inviting us. Yeah. Uh, so, so before we go, do you guys want to plug your Twitter handles? <laughs> I or am give you at, promote yourself. Your I am. I am at Grizzen Kev. I'm very boring on Twitter, and uh, <laughs> you shouldn't follow me. Thank you. Uh, that is false. You should follow him because his whiteboard drawings are an art form. In themselves. I got. I just. I couldn't help myself today. Uh, and me. I'm at DOMF. I mostly tweet about movies, series, games, and both in Portuguese and English. So you never it, know I which guess. one you're gonna get. <laughs> yeah. Well, your English is really good, man. You had nothing to be nervous about. Thank you. Yeah. So that's been episode three of Pause for Popcorn. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, we should have an episode next week. Life's been kind of crazy. Um, but just stay tuned to the Twitter handle for the show. It is at PFP underscore podcast. We air every Tuesday with an asterisk uh, live at 530 <laughs> Pacific, 830 Eastern on YouTube. Uh, the archive version will be up there, and it's also available on iTunes and SoundCloud if you would prefer to listen on mobile. Um, but thanks again for tuning in and we will end it there. I appreciate everyone listening and thank you Dio and Kev for coming on the show. It's been great. Peace.